army in God, having their foundation to the finishing. And we know, Lord, that no matter the obstruction, no matter the temptation on the way, because you are the one that ordained, all things are possible with you. There must be a finishing for your people. Strain God, we declare this morning. Be released unto your own, O Lord. That I might walk in that conviction that our life is in your hands. You have chosen to engraft their names in your hands. Their name, God, is in your pants. And God is saying, you need to understand that your place where you are right now is in the pants of God. He intentions his name, your name in his palm from the foundations of the world. Your life is in his hand. Your tomorrow is in his hand. You have to come to this understanding. You have to come to this knowing. God is drawing your attention this morning with this song. That with him, there is nothing you cannot achieve. He has determined the very cause from the beginning. He gave you a cause in this life. He knows by your days in this life. Even the number of your hairs, he knows them all. And the Bible tells me, none of your heads shall fall without his knowledge. You will never go to the grave without God knowing. No, 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 no. no. Because you have determined this from the foundations of the world. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name. Come on, give a clap offering to the Lord. Praise God. I want to thank every one of you for finding time to be in service this morning. And just like all the time and always, gotta say I love you. I know it's from the depth of my heart. It's not a religious statement. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, I think we need to go a little bit further this morning as we have a few things to do. I want to just share with us. I'm sure it's going to be brief. Don't mind. Okay. <laughs> I, I already don't know how to caption this, but you can just call it what nullifies. What nullifies. What makes something void. What makes something empty? What nullifies? Or perhaps I want to share on the three nullifiers. Three nullifiers. As I look into the word of God, I find something a little bit strange in relation to our conduct, our attitude, our perception of the word of God. We must realize that the scripture tells us plainly that the world was framed by the world and is sustained the world by the word of God. Your encounter with the word of God, which is the word of life, definitely brings transformation, brings realization, brings activation even into your life. We must come to that place where we see God as he is through his word. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. It means God's word is productive. It means God's word has energy embedded within it. It means God's word has the power to produce. 
Whatever has life can reproduce itself. One of the very uh, characteristics of living things is that they can reproduce themselves. How many understand what I'm saying? So if Jesus said the words that I speak unto you, their life and their spirit, it means the word of God can reproduce whatever thing it is sent for. That is what the scripture says. He has sent for this word and the word will not return to him void. In other words, the word will go and it will accomplish what the word is sent for. There is power in the world to fulfill whatever thing it is meant to fulfill. Hallelujah. So as I talk about the three nullifier this morning, I want you to see it from three perspectives. Uh, there are several other ones, but I'm talking about three. And I'm interested in these three. Now, let's quickly look at the book of Matthew chapter 15. And I look at verse number two. Okay, Matthew 15, verse number 2. The Bible says, Why do your disciples... I'm reading from the Amplified. Why do your disciples transgress and violate the rules handed down by the elders of the past? Now, watch this. Jesus was asked this question by the Pharisees because they didn't wash their hands before eating and things like that. I'm reading from the Amplified, so get it right. Why do your disciples transgress and violate the rules handed down by the elders of the past? Elders of the past. For they do not practice ceremonially washing their hands before they eat. He replied to them, And why also do you transgress and violate the commandment of God for the sake of the rules handed down to you by your forefathers? Are you getting this? For God commanded, Honor your father and your mother. And he cause he will cause his or revise, not our quarrel, or speaks evil, or or abuses or treats improperly his father or mother, let him surely come to his own or end by death. That's the Lord of Moses. But you say now I want you to see what religion does. But you say, if anyone tells his father or mother, what you will have gained from me, that is the money. Whatever I have that might be used for helping you is already dedicated as a gift to God. Then he's exempt and no longer under obligation to honor and help his father or his mother. I want you to see something here in the first place. Religion always wants things for themselves. The religious people always want things for themselves. They don't mind if you violate the law when it comes to helping others. As long as it is for them, the law doesn't hold. Scripture says, God is saying here, you need to take care of your people. You need to take care of your father and your mother. Remember, we're going to find out from Ephesians 6. When God gave this commandment, this is the only commandment he gave with a promise. Attached to it. Are you there with me? But the law says, or the Pharisees come to say, well, it doesn't really matter. As long as what you intend to use to help your father, you've given it unto God. You are also okay. Now, but the implication is, the promise attached to that honor is eluded. 
Do you understand that? God's word is still effective. I want to make you see something. Okay, watch this. Verse number 6. For the sake of your tradition, the rules handed down by your forefathers, you have set aside the word of God, depriving it of force and authority and making it of what? Of none effect. In other words, the world is no longer productive by reason of your tradition. Now the concept you have in your head nullifies the effectiveness of the word of God. How you treat the world deprives the world of its authority and power. So don't tell me the world is not effective. The ineffectiveness of God's word, even as you listen to it, has to do with the way you treat the word of God. So it is you that nullifies the word of God. Know that God's word is not effective. Hallelujah. And it was part of it, the Bible said, by your tradition. And you know, that really applies so much to us in this part of the world. How many of us have really come to that realization? That our tradition nullifies God's word. Our belief system in this part of the world makes the word of God of none effect. We do not rely absolutely on God's word. We bring in sometimes our own tradition, our own belief system, the way it should be, the way we were raised, where we grew up from, our community lifestyle, we bring it into the word of God. And makes it inoperative, ineffective, powerless. So there's no proof that we believe the word. The problem is not with the word. The problem is with our tradition. And tradition is simply a culture which is believed by a group of people that they have decided to live by. Are we together? Come on, are we together here? That is tradition. Tradition is simply a culture. You know, there are so many things you do by tradition. Watch your lifestyle. You see, there are so many things, oh, in our place we don't do this. In our community we don't do this. What pains me is, this is one country, Nigeria. This is one geographical location called Delta State. But you see, every ethnic composition has its own tradition. Amen. I remember discussing with somebody a few days ago, and the person said, He is my blood brother. And now he was trying to make a point. I understand. But I have a question. The blood of your father and the blood of Jesus, which one is greater? Because one thing you need to understand is this the blood of Jesus brought the whole of humanity to one family. And until you are alive to the family of the blood of Jesus, you can't get the benefit of being part of the family of God. It is one blood, one tongue, one nation, one father, one culture. But as long as you say, yes, my blood brother, you are identifying with an Adamic and you destroy the effect of what God came to do by raising another family with one blood. Are we together? I want to emphatically state this morning that there are some of these cultures that you can no longer abide by. You can't walk with them. They nullify the effectiveness and the power of the word of God. 
You don't need them one bit. Hallelujah. Let me, let, me, let me say this. Let me say this. Go to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. Let, let, me, let me show you the implication of what this tradition did to the people of Israel. Ephesians 6. Arik and uh, verse 1 down to 2. Uh, okay, let's say verse 2. Honor, esteem, and value as precious your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with what? With a promise. That all may be well with you. And that you may live long on the earth. Did you get that? In other words, longevity upon the face of the earth is directly tied to how you treat your father and your mother. And God gave that law. But tradition says, don't let that bother you. Whatever you needed to honor your father or your mother with, bring it to church. Now, God didn't place the promise on you giving to church for longevity. He gave the promise of longevity to your parents. You see what religion does. And so what the preacher tells you is, don't ever try to give to your father because I know he's a witch. Don't ever try to give to your mother because I know they confess him when you were young. I'm seeing now, when you were still in the womb, they confess your mother. That's the kind of prophecy you receive. And that's the kind of life you live. And by tomorrow, when you don't fulfill your days on the earth, you think a witch was responsible. You couldn't fulfill God's word in taking care of your father and your mother. The Bible said, Down your days shall be long upon the face of the earth. I believe in prayers. I believe in everything. But the key to my understanding of life is what God says. It will save you hours praying for yourself to be alive when you take care of your people. Don't let religion deceive you. I've always said it. Sometimes people say, well, if you give your money to a wish, it takes you to the coven. It will glorify the coven. It will turn down the coven. How many of you understand when you truly take that which is precious into the midst of certain situations to bring conversion to the people? We have an experience where ordinary clocks set a whole house ablaze. Ordinary clocks. Confession came because somebody took a wrapper. You do not have God's glory in your life. That's why your money can be used and destroy you in the coven. But when you have the life of God in your life, anywhere even your name is Winshaw, there is confusion there. Not the talk of taking your property there. Hallelujah. I love what Timeli said a few days ago and said, Be ye holy. It doesn't mean you have to do something to be holy. You are already holy because you belong to God who is holy. And that is the truth. And God will speak to Moses. The ground you are standing on is holy ground. That means something cannot go wrong there because God was standing there. So if your property is taken to the coven, the property is a holy property. And when it gets there, there's going to be repentance. 
You must understand what God says. You must understand the effectiveness of God's word. You must understand that you need to discuss some of your old thinking, your old ways of lifestyle, and come to account with what God is saying. You carry an energy, an energy with you. And this is transmitted through the word. As you receive the word into your life. How many of you want to live long? How many of you have your fathers and mothers still alive? <laughs> oh, somebody say, I'm an orphan. No, you are not. If you don't have your biological fathers alive, you have your spiritual fathers. I don't have my parents alive, but I have a father. Are you sitting there with me? There is never a man in this life that can be without a father. Never a man, never a time. Are you sitting there with me? Honor your father and your mother. That might be well with you. Now understand that. It might be well. Life will be smooth. That it might be well with you. And then your days may be long on this earth. Not when you get to heaven. Right here. I read of a man recently. I think in Augustine. I think it's 115 or thereabouts. And the man has the principle of living. 115, he's still strong. Nobody's assisting. He takes care of himself. He still walks. 115. And some people begin to quote the scripture and say, God said we should live 70 years. That's no scripture. If you live 60 years, that's no scripture. You need to understand what Moses was talking about. Moses was saying, I spent this number of years in Egypt. I spent this behind. I'm spending this. His number of years, 120, has to do with the four dimensions of his life that he lived. 40 in Egypt, 40 with Jethro, 40 on the wilderness, 120. He was talking about himself, not you. That man is 115 and above. That means he has already beaten Moses. Am I talking to someone here? Why will your years be 120 per adventure? Otherwise, give us 60. Who told you that? That's no Bible. Go read the book. That it might be well with you and your days might be long. Don't make the word of God of non effect. Now, I want to show you another nullifier. So, what have I said? Tradition nullifies the word of God. Is that okay? So, nullifier number one. Then let's go to nullify number two for today's message. Romans 4. I'm reading from verse 13. I'm also going to take it from the Amplified. Romans 4 verse 13. For the promise to Abraham, all his posterity, that is you inherit the world, did not come through observing the commands of the law. But through the righteousness of faith, mark that. If it is the adherence of the law, who are to be the heirs, then faith is made futile and empty of all meaning, and promise of God is made void. It's annoyed that has no power. Are you there with me? Listen to what he's saying. If the law, which is also close to tradition, 
is the means by which Abraham was going to get the promises that God made. Then faith is made of non effect. So one of the things again that nullify not just the law but the promises of God in your life is not to walk in the righteousness of faith. Which is, has to do with the finished work of Christ. If you think you will struggle to fulfill God's mind, you deceive yourself. Another major nullifier of God's word and the power of God's word. Now, this one is not just the power of God's word. I'm talking of the promises of God in your life. You shall begin to go by the way of the law. And not to live out the righteousness that's already in Christ made available to you through his death and sacrifice on the cross. The Bible is telling that when God made promises, now how many of you understand that we are the heirs of God? Now watch this. How old was Abraham? Think about that. How many children did Abraham have? How poor was Abraham? These are promises God made to Abraham. He was going to be rich. Going to be a father of many nations. Promises he made to Abraham. Now listen to me. You can't talk of inheriting a promise or getting a promise and be a poor man. Are you still there with me? Understand this fact. When God made a promise, he didn't ask Abraham to do anything. Abraham simply believed what God said. And the word that he spoke began to walk in the life of Abraham. When he made the promise, he energized Abraham to be able to fulfill the promise. Because he can't send for the word and the word will return to him void. He energized the system of Abraham. Abraham became productive even at his old age. Why? Because God made a promise. If God made a promise for you to you towards your life, I want to speak to you this morning. Stay on the promise of God. Not because of what you can do. Not because of what you think you can do. Not even religion can make you fulfill the promises of God. God is going to fulfill his promise because he's going to make the world. He said it and he's going to bring it to pass. God said his world will not fall to the ground. Void. So be sure you're going to realize the promise. Some of us are living by the promises of God. I must assure you this morning. On the natural, the whole world looks blink. But if there is a promise, stay by what God says. Hallelujah. Is anybody with me this morning? Until we come to understand what the righteousness of faith is. Now, it means we're looking about the faith that is tied to righteousness. What righteousness? Not what you can do, but what he has done. Righteousness of faith. We can see why we are really, really poor upon the face of the earth because we don't believe into the righteousness of faith. We might have faith, but not the righteousness of faith. Is that okay? Are we still together? You must understand that what Jesus did is to make you the righteousness of God in who? In Christ. And that gives you the standpoint to become a joint heir, not just with him, but the heir. As, watch this. What does it mean to be an heir? An heir as an inheritor. Somebody will inherit what he didn't labor for. 
Your father may have an estate because you are a child in the father's house. You are qualified to have what your father lives for you. That is airship. Airship is not labor. And permit me to say, think about this. Thank you, Father. I'm not talking about favor. Because the word favor is the same word fortune. The word fortune is the word fortunate. The word fortunate is the same word lucky. We don't live by luck. Go check it. They are all the same words. You are not a fortunate human being. You are created with the mind of God to fulfill specific things for him in creation. You are not fortunate. You are not a lucky man. We don't live on luck. Are you sitting there with me? The word luck, the word fortunate, the word favor, the word fortune, they are all the same thing. They are not meant for the children of God. I must be honest with you. Check the word. We are not fortunate people. We are blessed of God. Come on. <laughs> we are called and blessed. You understand that? He said, you didn't call me. I called you. And I bless you. Say, look unto Abraham. I call him alone and I bless him alone. Abraham was not fortunate. Abraham was not a lucky man. Those who are lucky could just walk around the road and find some money on the ground. And say, get luck today. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about things that God have arranged. You walk into them. It is your time and season. You move into those things that God has made available. We don't live by luck. Are you still there with me? I'm not a lucky man. And you can't be a lucky man. God created you to manifest certain things because he has blessed you. With all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You must believe that. So you are a blessed man. You are not a lucky man. Are you sitting there with me? Because of what Jesus has done, you are a blessed man. That should be your confession. Remember the Bible says he was made poor that you might be made rich. You are not a lucky man. Hallelujah. You are an inheritor of that which your father had. Come on, am I talking to someone here? Abraham was so blessed that even Lot who went with him became so blessed. Then let think about that. We, if you truly have come to the place where Abraham is your father, we are saying you need to inherit from what your father laid down. The man that walked with him became so blessed. How much more a child of the one that was so blessed? Hallelujah. And A is an inheritor, not by labor, not by luck. We're talking about righteousness of faith. We have to key into that. We have to come to that place to realize that everything has been made available in Christ Jesus. We can walk into our inheritance in Abraham. We have to identify with who our father is. Our father is not the man from the village. I told you that a few months ago. It's not somebody from the village. You are not from one community. Man, you came from God. Come on, come on. You know why you came from that community? Because God wants to demonstrate something through you in that community. The community is not your life. Glory to God. Let me try to finish up because I know some persons have to travel. And I like this last nullifier for today. You're going to like it too. Sam.
33. Let's look at verse number 10. Nullifiers. <laughs> I'm reading King James. The Lord bringing the counsel of the heaven to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. This is the third nullifier I have for you this morning. Hallelujah. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. Amen? What does that mean to you? Listen. There is no enchantment against Jacob. No divination against Israel. Everything that man wants to do against you, God says he will nullify. Therefore, you need to insure your fears. Get an insurance company and insure your fears. No power in creation. Am I talking to somebody? The thought nullifier to me, to me is very, very exciting. There is no voice that will rise against you. The Bible says God is going to do what? Nullify them. It will make them of none effect. It will make them void. No matter how long they're going to plan, no matter what they think they can do, there is no achieving in that which they have in mind against you. God said, I'm going to nullify them. If your tradition can nullify what God says, how much less what man says. And God says, I am going to be the one to nullify them. Some of you live in fear, but you ought not to live in any fear by no means. Not even the fear of your next neighbor. Not at all. Not even what they've told you before concerning your great-grandfather. Don't allow the mentality of the old to affect your present now. Don't ever think because somebody died in your family when he was a little bit young. Therefore, you are going to die because the person died. And somebody have told you this thing has always been going on in the family. Don't believe that. Don't believe any prophecy that will not make you come to the place of joy and rejoicing in God. God will nullify anything that anybody wants to do against you. It is the promise of the word of God. Are you still there with me? Do you understand that? One thing is certain. Sometimes you have a business. Sometimes you have a ministry. You have a life and you feel people have been told or you have been told by people that somebody said it's working against your ministry, working against your business, working against your life. I'm promising you this morning. God said if there is any agenda that way, he is going to nullify them. Are you sitting there with me? If there is any agenda in any way for anybody to put you down, to shut you down, to bring you to the place where you can fulfill your prophetic destiny, there is going to be an annulment. God has promised in his word. He will make the words of known effect. Praise the living God. Are you sitting there with me? You see, it's the same thing God speaking in the book of, I think, Psalm 2. When he said, how the heavy rage and the people imagine what? A vain thing. Everything they imagine against you is completely vain. God is going to make them of none effect. Are you sitting there with me? Now turn finally to the book of Isaiah chapter 8. And let's begin to read from verse number 9. And look at what it says. 
Associate yourself, all your people. Isaiah 8 verse number 9. And it shall be broken in pieces. He is speaking to men who are trying to put themselves together against God, against His people. Are you see them? Associate yourselves, all your people, and it shall be broken in pieces. And give ear, all ye far countries. Guide yourself, and it shall be broken in pieces. Guide yourself, and it shall be broken in pieces. God repeating Himself. Take counsel together, and it shall come to naught. Speak the word, and it shall stand, for God is with us. For the Lord God spake thus to me with a strong hand, and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of these people, saying, Say ye not a confederacy to all them, to whom these people shall say what? A confederacy. Neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, and let him be your fear. And let it be your dread. Hallelujah. What do you think he's talking about? Don't let what make people to be afraid make you to be afraid. Don't say a confederacy to what men are saying what? A confederacy. Don't join camp with people to make negative confessions. Don't join camp with the unbelievers. Whether they be church or denomination. Don't join camps with them. God's promise for you is that you are going to be an inheritor. Say not a confederacy. Don't want to say confederacy. Don't let your fear be your fear. Don't let your dread be your dread. Don't let what men think right now about what the flood maybe has caused to cause your heart to begin to faint. Negative news can make you faint. Do you understand what I'm saying? Negative news can make you faint. Wrong thoughts can make your heart collapse. People can die simply by wrong thoughts that is flowing to them. By what they hear, by what they listen to. A joke was cracked on a man in the United States a few days ago and the man fainted. He so believed so strongly on the rapture. So they came to the office and his friend pretended that they had been raptured. And he was told his friends are raptured and he collapsed. To him, the rapture left him behind. He fainted. He has to be resuscitated and made to understand that they were not raptured. Wrong thought. That is how powerful people can grab certain things in life and they can destroy them. Everything you have so strongly in life, when you begin to think somebody is going to destroy you, when you begin to believe that people are ganging against you, so life is finished, you are going to go the way of your thoughts. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so easy. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Your life is in the hands of God. No power in creation can destroy you. No wish born of a human being can destroy you. No man born of a human being can destroy you. Your life is in the hands of God. God will nullify all their agendas. He will nullify all their plans. He will nullify all their putting together. The Bible says when they come together, He will nullify them. God is a nullifier of evil thoughts. Live with what God says. May you be blessed.